There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer. Your safety is not guaranteed. In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. In the palace of the forest queen, Jivojona. Angela, you wake up on your massive bed, feeling well-rested and well-sated. I don't know. Um... Yeah, you feel uh, you feel like you've been asleep for days. You, but not in like a groggy way, yeah, in like a, a totally re-energized, spring in your step kind of way. I'm wonderful. So I'm awake and I get out of bed and I think I don't know when this happened or if I was like dreaming this and it came into existence. But my room that I fell asleep in is filled with like rainbow birds and like lots of plants now. Um, it's kind of like taken it's like there's more decor and stuff now so i think that yeah i'm gonna say too that angela you at some point while you're asleep your attire has changed okay yeah my attire has changed (laughs) i'm wearing a like linen jumpsuit with some pockets Mm -hmm. and um my hair is in meatball buns that are around my antlers fun buns fun buns and I would say that she has some like really ornate jewelry on too. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like a gold plated like necklace, and you know she loves her earrings, so she has like some um, pretty big like gold earrings on, and a bunch of like really fancy rings on, different gemstones in them and stuff. So she's got a lot of jewelry on. Um, And she's wearing sleepers. Okay. Like fancy house slippers, you know? Sure. Okay. Um, so Angela woke up wanting to explore the palace Mm -hmm. a little bit more. So, um, I think that she's going to just kind of go and wander around the palace and just kind of look at everything. I mean, this is like her home and where she's from. So I think she's just trying to get a better understanding of like her mom, herself, and she's just nosy. Great, I love that. You explore the palace. You find yourself quickly getting disoriented here mm-hmm. because the the hallways are endless and the rooms branching off of them seem likewise to be endless in number. Everywhere you go, 
you see unparalleled beauty and craft in all of the furniture, the walls, the wallpaper, the architecture, the tapestries, these beautiful rainbow-colored birds flitting about everywhere. You see some gorgeous, big, fluffy house cats kind of running around, popping in and out of rooms, rolling around on the floor. Don't pet them. Yeah, you pet them. They're soft. Uh, you also, almost everywhere you go, you find big trays of the most eye-pleasing, luxurious little bite-sized foods, too. All of which seems to be plant-based. Little dates and persimmons and whole pomegranates. Their seeds spilling out over beds of greens. Yeah, it seems that you can wander these halls without end. And Angela, what's something that it would occur to you to want to see in a palace like this? Mm, inside the palace? Mm-hmm. A beautiful fountain. As soon as that thought occurs to you, you find a staircase at the end of this hallway, which leads down into a massive glass-walled atrium, at the center of which is a huge fountain depicting three dryads dancing around a tree, out of each of whose mouths water spurts out down into the the basin of the fountain. So fancy. Mm Mm-hmm. She's going to go and kind of sit by the fountain. Mm Mm-hmm. And just kind of like take in the whole scenery. Um, But she's wondering where her mom sleeps. Like where her mom's room is. So, because she hasn't passed that, has she? She hasn't seen it? No, not yet. Okay. So I think that's kind of like what she's looking for too is just like personal belongings or like any sign. of Like it's like so pristine. And I mean, it's a palace, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's kind of, even though there's all these like plants and birds and stuff, it's still like there's no sign of her really. Like there's not a lot of personal shit. So I think she's trying to like look for her room or like any anything, you know, like her personal stuff to go through. That thought occurs to you as you're sitting by this fountain that it's too pristine here. And you want to find some personal belongings of your mom's. And I think you set out from this atrium from this fountain room. In search of that, what's something else that Angela would be overjoyed to see in this palace? So this is more of like the human side of it. Well, even though she's not a human, like her being raised as a human, um, a sweet ass yoga room, like a workout room or something. Yeah. So as you are opening doors and searching in this palace for the queen's bedchambers, as it were, Angela is distracted by a room that is a bit more staid and a bit more minimalistic than the other things that you've seen, but still awe-inspiringly beautiful in its minimalism. It's almost like a uh, like a painstakingly curated Japanese garden kind of vibe in here. And there are dense yoga mat-shaped beds of moss on the floor, which are incredibly soft and welcoming to the touch. Angela takes her shoes off and she like puts her feet on it and quickly like stretches her arms up over her head and like folds over to like touch her toes and does just like a couple little stretches in her room. Yeah, Angela, before you know it, you forget all about what it was that you thought you were looking for here before. You forget why you were even 
searching around here. I mean, you know this place. You don't have to search for anything here. Everything that you need is provided for you. And you lose yourself in the pleasure of the experience of this room. And before you know it, whether it's from the yoga or the wandering or the snacks, you're feeling exhausted again and think it might be time to retire back to your bed chambers. Um, Angela goes back and I think she's going to change into some like silk pajamas. She just kind of imagines it mm -hmm. and it, she uses her little magic to change into some silk pajamas and um, she puts her hair in a ponytail and she quickly falls asleep. Okay. Before you know it, you lose count of how many days you've spent in this palace. Wandering the halls, feasting, relaxing, doing yoga, watching TV. It's friggin' Netflix on that TV in your room. Hell yeah. It's like every country of Netflix all at once, too. <laughs> like, no restrictions. I love that. Everything's on there. Why would I leave? I want to be there. And also spending time with your mom, your new mom. Am I learning new skills? What do you want to learn? Uh, more magic stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, how to... Well, she failed miserably to try to get like the leaves and stuff to do what she wanted when she wanted to um, crash through those thorns. Yeah. But I think just learning more to um, connect with plants and like wildlife, just like... So she wants to learn more of that, how to use nature for her powers. Yeah, I think we see a little montage of her taking you in back into that atrium and teaching you how all of the plants here and everywhere are under your control, are related to you, are connected to you. She says, every forest is not a collection of individual trees. It is one living, breathing organism. Beneath the ground, all of the roots intersect intermingle. They communicate with each other. They speak to each other. They live their lives connected. When one feels pain, they all feel pain. When one feels pleasure, they all feel pleasure. These roots are literally the root of your power. And if you can access it, and she reaches up a hand and like you see a bunch of vines and branches grow up out of this plant, she says, you can create. And then she turns her hand back down and it all dies uh, before your eyes and desiccates away into dust, she says, or destroy. Whoa. Let me try. Angela tries. At first you try and it does nothing. But then we cut back into our montage mode and over the course of the weeks. Weeks? You're able to learn how to control it. After a while, you're able to do it almost as effortlessly as she does. Cool. Getting stronger. So our montage ends and we cut once again to Angela waking up in her bed chambers. Angela, you've lost track of how long it's been here and you don't know how long it's been since you thought about why you're here or what you meant to do or what you were doing before you were here. But you do know that you're far more powerful now than when you arrived. You have 
almost completely mastered your control of plants, of your own powers. Those thorns that you once shot out of your hand in a moment of panic, you can now control when your mind is calm and deliberate. And on this morning, you wake up and Thatch is awaiting in the doorway to your bedchamber. Oh, good morning, Thatch. Yes. Can I help you? Yes. What can I do for you? The queen seeks an audience in her throne room. Uh, right now? Thatch runs away. Okay. <laughs> Angela quickly changes um, into an oversized long linen yellow dress and uh, kind of hurries off after Thatch. Angela, you arrive in the throne room to find Givojana awaiting you. You wanted to see me? My sweet lost child. Have you enjoyed your time here with me? Yeah, I've had a blast. I have a huge bed. I have this, like, little creature bringing me snacks. I get to watch TV. I've gotten to learn all this really cool magic from you. Yeah, it's been great. I'm glad. It warms my heart to hear that. But alas, you know that our time here is not eternal. And I'm afraid that your time with me is approaching its end. Oh, okay. You have a great purpose, Acosta Luin, a purpose that cannot be fulfilled here. Take my hands. Uh, okay. Angela uh, wipes her hands off on her linen dress because, I don't know, she just does that before, and she mm-hmm. <laughs> sticks her hands out to, to her mom. Jivojona takes your hands, and she holds them tightly. And she looks you directly in the eyes. And she says, you know why you were created. And you know what your destiny is. I believe that you are now ready to serve your purpose as the vessel of that destiny. And as she says that, you feel a kind of a sharp pain in your hands. And you look down and you see her hands starting to emit these creeping brown vines that are surrounding your own. And she says, um, do you remember what I taught you about the trees in the forest? Of course. How their roots intermingle beneath the soil and they live as one. That is how we must enter the world of man to bring about his destruction. And just for a moment, Angela, you get a flash as the illusion for just a second falters. And for just a second, as you're looking down at your hands, you see yourself with your hands buried in the tangled nest of twigs and vines of the old witch in the wooden throne in the swamp. And the, for just a moment, the walls of the palace flicker away and you see the grove of trees and bones surrounding you. And for just a moment, as this illusion flickers away, you see your own soiled, dirt-covered, holy clothes. And then that's gone and you're back as these brown vines continue to creep up your arms. Uh, Angela's like starting to like pull her hands back a lot. 
Um, I think I got the my, my destiny on my own, but I really appreciate you teaching me stuff here. Um, but I I got this. Quiet now, child. Ah, what happened to your voice? And you get another flash of her in her true form with her hollow wooden face and her crooked thorn-filled smile as uh, more of these brown vines shoot out from her chest and start wrapping around your face and covering your mouth. No, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I want to cover her up with thorns. That's not fair. And then I'm going <laughs> to cut her friggin' head off. So vines are crawling around my face. Uh-huh. Um, Angela wants to like break out of them mm-hmm. and she wants to use her viney little powers and stuff to wrap her mom up and yeah she needs to not get in my body so yeah banish her away from <laughs> my body and wrap her up with vines angela you using all of your strength flex your big barky arms and pull them back and you rip away all of these vines and As soon as you do that, as soon as you break free physically, you also break free mentally. Hell yeah. And just like that, you are back in the grove of corpses in the dread black swamp of Jivoshona. You see her now again, as you once did in her true form. And as you tear through, uh, you kind of like take a couple of steps back and you have broken your connection with her. Mm -hmm. You see now, by the way, fully that like yourself as well. You are wearing the exact same clothes that you showed up in the woods in, but they are, uh, they look like half rotted off of you. You're covered in moss and... So no jewelry? Insects <laughs> and patches of fungus. Ew! Your clothes are tattered and covered in filth. Your hair is in, in ratty knots, as though you've just been sleeping on the floor of the swamp for several weeks. There was no king-size bed. Angela, you break free from these vines. You are free of the queen for now. Yes, okay. Her vines are continuing to grow and wrap around herself and bury herself. And you see big thorns starting to grow up out of them, just like the thorns that initially stopped your and Thatch's progress getting here. Yeah. And you see this nest of thorny vines start to emerge out from her, almost like she's growing a cocoon around herself. And you see the sword, the polished wooden sword that you saw when you first got here, still in front of her, still in her grasp is beginning to become encased as well. No, I need it. I need to get it. Yeah, so tell me what you're doing. So I'm using my little thorn blaster from my hand, mm-hmm. and I push my hand out, my left hand, and thorn blast my mom, because I'm trying to rip it open so I can grab the wooden sword from her. Okay, Angela, you, using all of your training, focus on just unleashing the biggest flurry of these thorns that you ever have from out of you. I'm and being mad. Yeah, I think it works. I think you uh, you feel your hand kind of open up 
to the point that like it's not even really a hand anymore. It's just like this, almost like this wooden cannon that then launches this flurry of thorns that tears asunder the nest of vines from the queen that have surrounded the sword and the sword falls free. The sheer force of doing this, however, absolutely shreds this hand. Oh, like a hero academia thing. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Angel's gonna scurry over and uh, grab the sword with her hand. And um, as soon as you grab the sword, you feel something powerful and ineffable inside of you. It was my destiny to have this sword. You feel a connection. You feel yourself more rooted in the earth and you feel as the, the sword almost becomes connected and entwined with the tree material of your hand. And as soon as you pick this sword up and wield it, Jivo Jonah starts cackling. <laughs> Ew. Why are you laughing? What's so funny? You have fulfilled your destiny, my child. What? You have become the destroyer of the world of man. Wait, you wanted this to happen? You will wield the blade of the green above your head as the earth sups on the flesh of the race of man. You just tricked me into this? No, I didn't trick you. Yeah, you... You, like, literally tricked me. I didn't trick you. <laughs> <laughs> you came here to do this. But you were about to just take over my body, and then I now I'm, like, fighting you. You tricked me. Didn't Emperor Palpatine That's shit. exactly what you sound like, <laughs> is giving me the heebie-jeebies. If you strike me down. <laughs> uh, no, I did, like, I don't care. Put it down, I don't care. I don't want to put it down now. Yeah, that's what the, who's tricking who. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you weren't going to take over my body. That was that was pretty scary. I was super going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so are we good? No. <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the weirdest fight I've ever seen. <laughs> I have a question for you. What? Angela's kind of like getting getting comfortable, but in a distance from her a little bit. She's got got the sword in her hand. No, I we it's fine. I'm not gonna try anything. Not gonna try anything. Her vines start creeping up your leg. She slaps them up. <laughs> takes a couple <laughs> steps back. Sorry. <laughs> I kind of need a piece of your body to take back home to to do this ritual. Are you like attached to any of your? body parts at all do you do you need them child mm -hmm. it matters not i am inside you now my vengeance beats within your heart and flows within your blood angela puts her hand to her heart and looks down and then looks at her mom my life is no longer important wow this is a lot easier than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> do you <laughs> Is there anything you want to do before I cut your head off? Yes, I have one request. Okay. Come here and hold my hands again. No, no! <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once. Okay, it was worth the shot. <laughs> um, can you turn around? No, I'm stuck here. 
Okay, I'm gonna. I'm growing out of the ground. I'm. This is sort of a permanent. Can't like move around. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm gonna. That was go- all an illusion. I did remember. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But I'm gonna Thank go behind you. you so I don't have to look into your eyes when I cut your head off. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Angela goes behind her. A face grows out of the back of her head to look at you. Why are you doing this? <laughs> this is really hard for me. Good. It should be hard. You will soon be the slaughterer of billions. You should frickin' get used to it, probably. Join the frickin' club. <laughs> murder club! Murder club! Murder we club! We are murder club. <laughs> All right. Well, here I go. My first kill. And Angela holds up her sword and then says, Thanks for teaching me all that magic. And then slashes into her. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Angela, you slash through the neck of Jivoshona, and there is a crack, like a log being split, and her head, along with a decent-sized chunk of her antlers, comes loose from the nestle of vines and branches and rolls down to land at your feet. Angela just falls to her knees, drops her sword, and just fucking chills for a second. We cut back to the Lynn residence to rejoin Zeke, Zeke, Jeff, Penny, Heck, Saber, and Vesper Indigo moments after Meredith Indigo's fateful press conference. What is happening, y'all? I think the Zekes have taken a spot like in the center of the living room mm-hmm. and old Zeke is brandishing the sound cannon kind of like a like a I don't know like a drill instructor carrying a rifle you know just kind of pacing back and forth with the sound cannon over his shoulder and old Zeke says team I've known you all for so long and yet also for barely a couple of weeks we all grown <laughs> mm-hmm. this Meredith Indigo thing it's not good. Uh, Saber says, wow, this is a rousing speech. Thank you. <laughs> Team, we've got to get out ahead of this, and we've got to hit this lady where it hurts. I want to say, by the way, that Heck is like on one knee. Like, <laughs> yeah. with just 100% focus on you. Yeah, yeah. He's miming like he's holding a helmet underneath his arm, even though he doesn't have one. <laughs> It seems to me the next step is all too obvious. And old Zeke starts like looking at each person in the room, hoping that someone's going to fill in the blank for him. Saber's looking at her phone. Uh, Heck is nodding with his eyes wide open. Vesper is rolling their eyes. Penny is holding her hand, like shielding her eyes and just like looking to the side. Jeff says, um, well, old son, I think I know where your head's at. But where are we going to find a burlap sack that big? What? Uh, no, 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 Dad, no. Your obsession with putting everything into a burlap sack will be your downfall. Take that as a warning from the future. But there if we are put other sh- solutions to problems. Can you be more specific with that warning from the future? No! Anyway, we've got to break <laughs> into her lab. And young Zeke says... And we've already got the tool to do it. And he pulls out the key card that Vesper gave him several weeks ago. Saber says, uh, um, Zeke, this sounds like you're just making a ploy to go get Dick back. 
Well, yeah, I want to go get Dick back. Of course we have to go get Dick back. This one's in love with him. What? Hey! <laughs> just saying. It's true. It is not true. <laughs> I am not. He's just, he's just really nice, and I'm worried about him, and I don't want any more people that I like to die. We're going to get him back. Oh. Great. So, I say we break in tonight. Okay. Let me just text Angela really quick. I don't think her phone is on, but I want to make sure she knows that she cannot be seen in public, nor can the head that she is hopefully holding, nor they can't see the head either. So Penny's going to take out her phone and send Angela just like a bunch of little messages like, hey, how are you? Hope you're good. Hope you're safe. Love you. Miss you. When you come out of the forest, um, call me. Also, you cannot be seen at all. I'm serious. Bye. I miss you. Who's with me? I think we already said that we were in. You just kept talking, but. Saber yeah. says, pass. Oh, never mind. Are you sure? Having yeah. a ghost there would be pretty useful. No. Someone who can go through walls. I'm going to wait for Angie. Okay. Oh, that's a good call, actually. You know, it might be smart if, uh, Penny, if you stay behind and wait for Angela, because if she comes back with that witch head, y'all can maybe, like, get that whole thing started while we're trying to get Dick back. Oh, okay. I can do that. Heck, you're with us. I don't know. Should we break into somewhere? That seems wrong. But I really want to find out what's like going on with me. Yep. And it, it seems like there's probably clues to that in the lab. Absolutely. Breaking and entering, though. <laughs> Good B and E. Heck, sometimes you got to break and enter a few eggs to make an omelet. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to get out of this house. Vesper, why don't you come with no, us? No, 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 What could? It's their mom's lab. They're going to know the layout. It's going to be helpful. No, I don't care. I don't want them there. I got enough on my mind right now. Heck is plenty. Let's, let, let's, get, we need someone to stay here. Help with witch machine if Angela brings the witch head back. Um, all right, fine. Vesper, you stay here and man the witch head machines. Does Vesper not get to decide for themselves? Nope. <laughs> No, it's great. I don't want to come. It's a stupid idea, and you're probably going to get caught and uh, imprisoned by my mom's goons, and I can't wait. Okay, bye. Oh, and heck, there's uh, something you should take with you while we go. Yeah, I mean, I know you're a big, strong robot and everything, but uh, you might want a little bit of protection. And young Zeke, out from behind his back, pulls a familiar-looking, crudely constructed metal gauntlet with a big red button on the back of it. <laughs> uh-huh. And he presents it to Heck and he says, uh, you know, I know you haven't gotten to throw a whole lot of footballs this year, but uh, this should help make up for it. I can throw this glove. No, 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 no. The, glo the glove he will help you. He throws it across the room. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and the Zeke's waddle over and pick it back up and hand it back to Heck. And they say, no, 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 no. No, you put no. it on and then that will make you throw super, super strong. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to challenge Meredith Indigo to a football game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bud. Yeah. Let's let's go. <laughs> All right, Heck puts on the gauntlet and follows after your little child body. I think the Zeeks and Heck uh, go into the driveway, and old Zeke uh, flicks the hoverboard open and drops it at his feet and steps uh, with great difficulty, but also with great confidence, onto the hoverboard and says, Let's go get this dick.
Are you just going to ride around town looking like you do? No one's going to be able to catch me on the hoverboard. I'm not with you. That was me, Bess, but continue. And, uh, yeah, Heck gets on the back of the hoverboard and they jet off towards the lab. (laughs) I think the Zeeks are in front, and I think Heck is behind with a hand on each of their heads, which is about waist high on Heck, probably, Uh so that Heck can balance. Is he, Uh, like, steering using your little heads? (laughs) No, but, no, I think Heck is just worried about staying balanced on the hoverboard, but it is helpful to the Zeeks in giving them stability so that they can steer better. Oh, okay, got it. Because, you know, they'd be, normally they'd be in danger of, like, just tottering over to one side. (laughs) So he's acting as, like, a stabilizing force on uh the two Zeeks. Terrific. Yep, yep. It's like how a belt holds up your pants, but belt loops hold up your belt, you know what I mean? We're both helping each other. Heck says, uh... Uh, his voice raised over the rushing wind mm-hmm. um, blowing past as y'all speed along on this hoverboard. Uh, what's the big plan? Are we heading to... Do you have like a... Uh, what What are we doing? Uh, well, I figured when we got there, we'd uh, sit up on your shoulders, throw a lab coat over us, and I would impersonate an indigo lab scientist and use Vesper's key card to get in the lab and do some snooping. That sounds like a really um, interesting idea. Hey, disguises have worked out well for us in the past. Okay. We got the jump on that rocket ship <laughs> with our sick disguise skills. Oh, no. I mean, you're the super scientist. I'm just like a football player who happens to be a robot. So if you think it's a good plan, I'm sure it'll be awesome. Yep, it's going to be great. <laughs> Not long after that conversation, Zeke, you see the form of the Indigo Labs headquarters peeking over the horizon. So as y'all approach, this is a fairly large, it's like a kind of like a corporate office complex, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Great, big, wide, squat, mostly glass building, Mm -hmm. uh, big, sprawling parking lot. As y'all are coming up the main road, you are greeted with a large razor wire fence that surrounds the entire kind of complex and parking area. And... Coming up this industrial drive that leads to this park at the edge of the Anodyne Pines, you see a little security guard booth uh, and gated entrance. You see a car a little ways ahead of you that was waiting as like the little security bar lifts up, car drives into the parking lot, (laughs) security bar goes back down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just far enough away from the security guard booth so that we don't draw attention to ourselves, the Zeeks stop the hoverboard and hop off. Then we hide in some bushes. Okay. And young Zeke says, uh, okay, so we're we're covering ourselves with a lab coat? That's the plan? Yep, it's worked before. Yeah, but our lab coat's real tiny because we have the body of a four-year-old now. How are we going to cover us and Heck? Oh, you leave that to me. Heck, I need your shirt. So it doesn't look too bulky under the lab coat that you brought? Yes. Okay, sure. And yeah, we cut to fan cam sparkles as heck pulls his shirt off. Yep. (laughs) Wonderful! And old Zeke, with just their arm, removes the Zeke's shirt and lab coat while young Zeke goes, Hey, what? Ah, Oh, okay. I could have helped. You could have told me. Nope, it's all right. I got it. I got it. Ow! Ow! You're knocking us into... Ow! Hold on. I got this. Let me help. And then they take him off. And then old Zeke lays them all out on the ground and cuts the three of them each into what looks like to young Zeke and Heck to be like carefully considered different shapes. Mm -hmm. And young Zeke says, have you done this before? I don't know. You don't know. No, I mean, it felt natural, but I don't know. 
And then old Zeke uh, starts weaving the different patches together. Again, it's just like muscle memory to him. Like mm-hmm. he's not following any kind of actual instructions in his brain. It just feels like he's done this before for some reason. And with just a very fine twig he found on the ground to use as a sewing needle, stitches them up together into a full-size lab coat. Okay, I made a lab coat. Why didn't we just bring one from home? I was filled with determination. I rushed out the door. I had to act. Yeah, you can act and plant. God, is this what I'm like? Is this what I put my friends through? I hate this. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, heck, hoist us on up there. Okie dokie. And as Heck picks up the Zeke's, old Zeke flourishes the lab coat around. I think the lab coat also has like a false shirt front mm-hmm. so that it looks like it's just a normal shirt on him. So the effect is a little bit like David Byrne in the Once in a Lifetime video. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. it's like normal human head and then just way, way too wide shoulders and then legs that look maybe a little bit too short for this body proportion. But it is roughly approximately a proper human proportion once everyone's in place. With old Zeke sticking out the top, young Zeke is just kind of the hump on his back, I guess, and Heck is inside the shirt. Hey, Zeke, I can't, uh, see? Where am I supposed to walk to? (laughs) And he kind of just starts stumbling around to the left and right. Uh, (laughs) so young Zeke inside the lab coat, kind of, like, hunched over like this on the back of Heck's heads, uh, just starts feeling around because i think he is just reaching for something to grip onto because he's in an uncomfortable position and hex kind of stumbling around mm-hmm. and he just grabs two hunks of hex hair and as he pulls one side he notices that that leg comes up on hex body and he pulls the other side and he sees that that leg comes up and he just starts using both like this to make <laughs> heck walk forward the way he wants to yeah so are we cut from a really tight shot of the young zeke inside the lab coat yanking on hair to a uh, super wide shot of <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so we see this like security booth with like the little gate for the cars we see the fence we see indigo labs in the distance and then like like john cleese doing like the ministry of silly walk walk <laughs> from monty python just uh-huh. like legs swinging way up in the air <laughs> doing the goofiest little like goose step possible mm-hmm. uh, we see this misshapen scientist trudging on down the street and we hear heck from inside the lab coat quietly going like ow 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 sorry ow sorry ow sorry yeah and y'all approach the security booth to see a bored looking security guard in an indigo labs uniform good evening I am an important scientist here at Indigo Labs, and I'm late for a very important meeting, and I need to get inside. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You're all real important scientists. Yes. Got like a night meeting today, huh? Yes. A little evening meeting? Yes. It was an emergency. I was called from home. Okie dokie. Sounds, yeah, sounds great. You know, not being a security guard can be important, too. Yes, absolutely. You keep us safe. Yeah. And you so, let us in when we need to get in, which I do. Yeah, terrific. So just uh, swipe your security badge there and I'll lift the gate for you. Absolutely. <clears throat> Heck, take the bat out of the lab coat pocket. Heck, it's just, again, we cut to the outside and we see just a hand just like slapping wildly <laughs> around on the outside. Lower. I think he brushes the side of the security guard's <laughs> face for a second. The security guard just stoically sits there and waits. <laughs> And uh, Heck grabs the card and swipes it. And our camera cuts to the inside of the security booth. 
um, where we see the guard looking at a screen and we see a photo of Vesper Indigo pop up on his screen with Vesper's name and the badge number. The guard looks at you, old Zeke, and looks at the screen <laughs> and looks at you and says, uh, hey, uh, yeah, you don't look like this. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I'm sure you've noticed the strange movements my body makes. I did. I did. I didn't want to say anything because, you know, it's just, I feel like it's all sorts of science mishaps happen here, you know. Exactly. And I had uh, one happen to me, and now my limbs don't control well, and I had to have facial reconstructive surgery. Listen, I don't have time to explain the details of my personal life. I don't have time to listen to them. I believe that. Well, that's not true. I have plenty of time. I have no interest. What's your name? <laughs> Cram. Cram? Cram? Yeah. <laughs> Cram, as I said before, my name is Vesper Indigo. <laughs> Don't remember you saying that. It's that's what it says on my badge. Okay. I'm Vesper Indigo. I am Merith Indigo's child. And Who's Merith Indigo? <laughs> Meredith Indigo is the one who owns the laboratory you work for. She's I know who Meredith Indigo is. I say... <laughs> <laughs> I am the child of Meredith Indigo. If you let me into the lab now without any further questions, I will tell my mother what a wonderful job you've done and you will get a raise. Okay, I mean, I do deserve a raise, but uh, why don't I just, uh, I'll just call this in. If you just wait right here, I'll just call it in. We'll get, we'll get my boss down here. I'm sure somebody from the lab will recognize you. Or, or, or I can start your raise right now. Heck, give him some money out of your pocket. Heck starts flailing his hand around uh, again, and I think starts smacking old Zeke in the face. Ow. Um, Ow. Heck with... is still wearing the power gauntlet on one hand, too, isn't he? Yeah, so like, tink, tink, tink. Ow. Oh, damn robot arm. Haven't gotten the hang of this yet. Ow. Ow. Oh, yeah, I know what that's like, and he holds up his robot arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took me four weeks to wipe my ass with this thing. <laughs> Why didn't you just use your other hand? <laughs> 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 toilet paper's only on one side of the toilet. That's a good True. <laughs> and Heck slaps his hands on down to his pockets, which realistically you should have known where he kept his yeah. money. Yeah, but <laughs> there's just his pants. There's a lot going on right now. Heck's overwhelmed. Uh-huh. Uh, and he pulls out a brightly primary colored Velcro wallet, mm-hmm. uh, which he unvelcros mm-hmm. and slaps around blindly a couple of times before pulling out. $82. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, he slaps it onto the edge of the window of the security guard. And Cram says, um, okie dokie, Vespa. Well, thank you so much for the raise. I look forward to the rest of it. Can I expect the rest of the raise to be under the table, untaxable income like this? No, it'll be an actual raise on your paycheck. Oh, well, it was worth a shot. <laughs> Okay, good luck at your meeting. Tell Merith I said hi. Absolutely, I will. Cram. Jambly. <laughs> Cram Jambly. Cram Jambly. Cram Jambly, of course. I'll put a good word <laughs> Is Zeke uh, laughing right. in real life? Yeah, that's that's old Zeke in character laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, everything's coming up crammed today. 
All right, Zeke, you are in the parking lot. Are you going right up to the front door? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, I think if we're in the employee parking lot, I assume there's like... so. Right now, of... you are staggering through about a half-ball parking lot, yeah. getting some weird looks from people in the distance. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, co-workers! Uh, uh, so I think most of the big office buildings I've been to, because I used to deliver to a bunch of them for Jimmy John's, if you're going in like the public entrance, there's like a big fancy like glass double door entrance, but then... On the side, there's just like a single one-door entrance that the employees usually use. That's the door we're heading for. Okay, terrific. I think as y'all are walking up towards that employee door at the last moment, uh, you notice a security camera affixed to the wall of the building directly above that employee entrance. The other thing you notice as y'all are approaching this employee door is the man in the cheap suit from the crash site is rapidly approaching the main door, not far off, flanked by a team of science goons and barking something pointed and frantic into a cell phone. Ooh, I was kind of hoping that dude was in the helicopter. (laughs) Just a heads up, everybody. Cheap suit guy is here. Cheap suit guy? Shoot, man, are we sure we should be going in? Oh, it's fine. Listen, no one knows who I am. No one's seen future you before. I'm a stranger. Let's do this. And I think there's about a five-second pause after he says that, and then young Zeke says, Heck, open the door. Yeah, Heck grabs the keycard and starts flailing around randomly in the door, and we cut to the CCTV footage from that security camera in grainy black and white. And we see like a little green box over old Zeke's face. And we see a line drawn off of that on the screen. And then a list of names and other faces from employee badge photos kind of scanning by, reporting back, no match found. Oh, fuck. You swipe the card and the door opens. And then on that screen, we see Vesper's face and name uh, next to the scan face and name of old Zeke. And uh, we see the message pop back up. Again, match not found. But for now, the door swings open and you find yourself entering a small room with a metal door on the wall opposite you. To your left, another security guard standing behind a conveyor belt, an x-ray machine. And between you and that door is a metal detector. Oh my God. We cut to Chillhaven Municipal Skate Park and Animal Zoo, the edge of the Anodyne Pines. All is still. All is quiet. Somewhere in the distance, Bart White is taking cell phone pictures of a red-tailed panda who's taking a nap. Mm -hmm. Does he have an Instagram? An Instagram? The panda? Does he post all his little... Oh, my dad. Yeah. Bart, he does have an Insta scramble. I feel like he would post a lot of photos of the animals. He still uses filters. (laughs) Everything on there, it's got like a uh, a very oversaturated kind of look. Um, When unbeknownst to Bart, 
and even to the animals, from the darkness of the forest, mm. a form emerges. Mm. Filthy, stinking. Oh, it's me? Covered in tattered <laughs> clothes, dragging a large sword behind herself and with a grizzled, shrunken wooden head affixed to her back, emerges Angela Atticus Jr. Da, 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 da. Star Taylor Swift, Angela is coming out of the woods, coming out of the woods. Is she in the clear? Good. And you know, what else is good? All of the wonderful people who do this podcast. Let's hear them now. Angela Atticus Jr. is performed by Megan Slesman. Penny White is performed by Bess Lawson. Zeke Lynn is performed by James Kedlar. James is also the sound designer and composer for the podcast. Everyone else in Killhaven is performed by Philip Slesman, who is also the game master and producer. Our introduction was performed by Ethan Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. Monster of the Week tabletop game created by Michael Sands. Until next time, remember if the haters are going to hate. Serve tofu dogs! 